and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street, a monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can also rate and review us on Apple iTunes. Today, we are talking about episode seven of Lovecraft Country. This episode is titled, I Am. Not to be confused with the Beyonce album. No, I mean, both are pretty legit, though. If you're going to like... Beyonce should make an album themed around this episode. Don't play with me, Shush. She'll call Beyonce. I will buy it twice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, our special guest this week is Miss Crystal Marie Stewart. She's back, back, back again. It's me again. <laughs> um, I, I, Crystal, again, are not tired of me already. Um, I... I'm Crystal Marie Stewart. I'm currently in Iowa City, Iowa, which is exhausting. Um, I am on, if you want to come watch me scream about things on the internet, I do it mostly on the Facebook as Crystal Marie, but uh, we're probably not going to be friends. You can follow me. And then um, Instagram at Crystal M. Stewart, I think, but I don't understand handles. So ask Sheree later. (laughs) (laughs) We'll link it on your photo when we put this episode up. Just find the link. I'm yes. old. I don't understand social media. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So any general thoughts about this episode? We have so many thoughts. I so had many. a good time. I did too. I'm, I thought it, this was enjoyable. Yeah, I don't know what's happening still. No. But that's fine. <laughs> like, here's the tea. After Watchmen, HBO, I'm willing to give you a season. Because in Watchmen, at least seven times, I was like, what the fuck? And the only thing they failed to bring back around was what the fuck that elephant was. I still don't know what that elephant was. And that's not a big plot point, so I'm fine. So, like, with you, Lovecraft Country, I have faith that somehow, in, what, three episodes, you're gonna get back to a place that sort of makes sense. But today, I needed to have fun, and that was fun. It was a lot of fun. I also love that this this episode focused on uh, Hippolyta. Goddamn new protagonist. Fuck Attica. Goddamn. <laughs> this is the only chapter of the book I need. Um, it's the only chapter of the book I want. I don't even know what else is happening because tickets trash. No, like we don't need to go back to that. Like when they were like, let's go back to like I was like, no, I like this. Just keep going with this. <laughs> right? Right? Live your life. Live your life. But that's fair. Our unproblematic fave cannot be the protagonist because then it wouldn't be a scary show. So that's fair. Fair points, I guess, but I guess Tick just became more trash to me in this episode, so. He's already beneath the dumpster. I don't even know what to do with this fool anymore. I, I hate him on sight, man. It's gonna, be, I'm excited to see this actor not be Tick, so I can actually enjoy his performances. <laughs> yeah, he was in, yeah, he's he's gonna be getting so much money, he's killing it. But like, I just feel like I don't want to watch Blaine's character anymore. And that's not your fault. It means you're doing your job. But right. I'm, just, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm tired of him. I need to have a beard, like old boy who does Fifty Shades, where he like only didn't have a beard in Fifty Shades. I need my boy to make a similar commitment when he stops playing this part. Like he can't wear these shirts like this anymore. <laughs> Sad, because he looked good in them before I hated his character. And now I'm like, get out. Right? Yeah. Oh. All right. <laughs> so let's get down to it. Uh, so this episode opens with Hippolyta um, at, does it, does it open with her at the house, the crumpled down house? Yes. The cold open was this weird, I don't, I still don't really understand when we are in general. <laughs> so, this episode especially. <laughs> Sidebar. Who knows what time period we're in? But I specifically remember being like, this is like a cold open for a sitcom. I hope this isn't setting me up for some sort of, like, I hope this is an opposite day and they're going to set me up for some sort of gruesome, torturous thing. Because it felt very much like a sitcom cold open and it was like very dreamy and then the music got scary. And we kept having clips of her in random places, like the rubble of the house that was burned down in episode two. Uh, some Her bedroom, I assume with the orrery and just like random inner cuts. And I was like, when and who and how are we? Right. And so she, and at the, um, 
at the site, she finds the comic book, which I don't, it, in all of that rubble, how was she able to find that tiny little piece of paper? <laughs> she was on a mission. She was like, y'all yes. killed my husband, y'all burned his house down, I'm gonna find some evidence, and I'm not leaving to let do. And she did, she found it. Mm-hmm. She was just, and I, what was it, her daughter, mom, I don't think we're supposed to be here. <laughs> when she said that, <laughs> I screamed. I was like, come on our podcast, please. <laughs> D D knows. She knows. She's like, you can't do this. Yes, this is not us. You're gonna get. She should have said, "Mom, you're gonna get tetanus. Get out of that." I was. I think the week when I knew this was some sort of weird thing that was happening, also because it was Lovecraft Country, but also I feel like because she was just so casually like it was like she was window shopping, <laughs> but it's like. This is not a casual activity. <laughs> like, there's things are fire. Like, you don't know what's happening. Like, why is this so? I'm just like, dream. Like, we're like, we're like in Narnia. And I was like, no, like, that's not the show we're in. No, no. Yeah. And um, so, but and then, like you said, we were like intersplicing this scene at the house with Hippolyta in her home and her bedroom with the, uh, with the whatever that thing's called, and Ori, and she finally figures it out. N- Math was involved, and I knew it was not for us. But <laughs> she's fearless when it comes to numbers, so I'm she just, jotted it down. I'm just gonna say it was magic. <laughs> it had to be. It was honestly made as much sense to me. Like I would be more comfortable and confident with magic than math. Yes. Like if she had been like saying words and like they rhymed and like her hands glowed. I would have been like, lit, I'm with you, sis. But she started saying all these numbers and letters and shit and I was like, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you lost me. An education no. from America, so I can't do math. Yeah, How's I'm it? from South Carolina. I can't do math. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I memorized it until I got a degree and then I forgot it all. <laughs> exactly. Fuck <laughs> you. As we do. <laughs> Boom. So do we go from that to Ruby or do we go to Letty I and the Dream? I think we skipped, we skipped, we skipped the basement. That's Ruby and Christina, yeah. Yes, it's the basement first and then the dream. Okay. I think. I, or maybe well, they're interspliced. Who knows? What? When are we? We'll talk about one at a time. Let's start with the basement because I feel like that has the least payoff later in the episode. Right. I feel like the first seven, ten minutes of this episode was them just being like, all these people are still alive. Don't forget about them. Not on the Hippolyta's journey. And I was like, just give her the full episode. Just give her right. the episode. So, but we did find out that um, Christina is like some, she's got cadavers in her basement taking their blood. And that's where they get those potions from. The basement. First of all, why is it always white people and scary things? Always cannibalism and incest. Mm. And I'm just like, why are we eating people again? Right? Right? Why? Truly. Why does this keep happening? We don't need a dead person's blood. Also, what happens when they run out of the blood of these dead people? And why can't nobody smell these dead people? Why can't nobody smell these dead people in her basement? I guess they go get more dead people. They look like different dead people then? Or would they kill people? I don't know. I don't understand. This woman's motivations get less, they make less sense to me the more she talks about them. But I will say, in this scene was the first time I ever felt like she might have been being sincere, but I don't know. (laughs) I, I truly believe that she is salty about not being able to be in the man cult. (laughs) <laughs> I believe that part where she's like, fuck them. Because I was like, okay, girl, I'm with you. I don't really understand the rest of this. I just feel like she's, maybe this is just because I have like white lady trauma, but I just feel like white ladies will do this thing where they explain a lot as if you're supposed to get it now. But the things that they're saying don't make sense. Mm-hmm. So it just gets less sensical. And then they're like, okay. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I felt after that speech. I was like, what the fuck do you mean? 
I couldn't get over who handled her makeup because she had just traded out her William skin for her skin and never put her like bloody makeup on, gave up around the neck. I feel like that's gonna come back around. So the white people's wigs are all stupid. Yes. And now, like old girl Letty always is bloody, looking like a regular bloody person. Mm -hmm. And now she has like, Quentin Tarantino ketchup blood, and I feel like that's on purpose. Like, I feel like there's something about this white person world that is just very janky and doesn't make sense on purpose. <laughs> Maybe I'm just trying to give them the benefit of the doubt, but I just feel like their lace fronts are always ratchet, yes. and now it looks like she has raspberry jam on her body. <laughs> it, it was very Paddington Bear has been here, and I was like, what are we doing? I, I'm wondering if like the creative team got together before filming and was like, let's fuck up these white people's wigs and see what we can get away with. And also, don't make any of the blood on them realistic. No. I also just don't really understand the mechanism of this William body possession magic that she's doing. Like, are you a shapeshifter? Like, is William a guy? Like, it's, you... It seems like she's, so from what I can tell, right, from what I can tell, I, who knows but they get their blood and so she takes his blood and that's what turns her into him uh, and because so like, the other body is the is the white lady from the first episode or second like episode it. yeah and so that's who ruby was turning into and she was drinking her blood but didn't know it so i did not also how she carting these bodies around that's a better but i don't know I'm just confused. I need my good sis Ruby to get the fuck away from these ones. Yes. Which she does, because this conversation, she ain't having it. She ain't believing Christina. I mean, she. I feel like she kind of does, but she's still like, I don't know about this. She's like, I didn't lie to you. And she's like, don't gaslight me, bitch. You did, in fact, lie. <laughs> like, oh my God, am I back at Victory Gardens? Why are we being lied to so badly? We, it's like you literally and actually Mm -hmm. cosplayed another man, a mm -hmm. human being, and told me that you were this man. And then you were like, JK, shedding it like a snake. I am actually this scary white woman. And I was like, I right. watched, we're all here, Christina. <laughs> the original catfish just happened. And you're like, I didn't lie to you. <laughs> oh my god, they do that. It's like, it's just shaggy, it wasn't me, but like, with blood. Yes. Well, jam. Jam. <laughs> Raspberry preserves. Right. I wrote, Darth Becky can't take accountability! <laughs> so, <laughs> it's true, she, she does not want, but I, but I kind of feel like she thinks she made a relationship with Ruby. Very, it's still very catfish. But like, yeah, like she's like, we were in love. And I was like, I thought you were a different person. Right? I literally thought, <laughs> right. Like, I, I need somebody to talk to her about consent because everything she's done to Ruby. <laughs> yeah, let's remember, let's remember Dark Fitzgerald Grant <laughs> is her parent and like, like life example. Who right. he like is like welcome to my house as a courtesy. I'm going to feed you my own body. So <laughs> I, I feel like she just doesn't understand relationships. Maybe she's doing her best. Right. Well, and it, yeah, it does seem like in that conversation she had a very distant relationship with her father because she is not like, very warm about him. There, <laughs> he treats you like shit, girl. Like I don't really know if he won't let me into his creepy, murderous, racist cult is where I would draw the line. <laughs> you know, it might be at, like, there is a creepy racist cult. But, right. okay! Okay, sis! Well, it's your right. journey. Journeys. <laughs> Journeys. So, then we go to Letty dreaming that she is in the house with Tick's ancestor. Okay, I, Sheree, I pulled to you this time. I called it right then and there. I said she pregnant. She is pregnant she with his child. Well, that's where the fire started, was in her stomach. Yeah, because like uh -huh. she's pregnant with a trash baby. <laughs> and so on that level. Uh -huh. That's all I have to say about this pregnancy. Right? Uh -huh. <laughs> but you're right, like 
he's all up in her blood now. She gets his sad dreams and is trash. I mean, to be fair, let me be fair to you, ancestor lady. You're great. I'm not upset with you. Mm -hmm. His more immediate ancestors are who I have beef with, ma'am. Not you. You're doing your best. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just like, what your nightmares oh, right also backtrack just a tiny bit to ruby with christina at the end of that scene did any did anyone else clock that christina says something about uh it has a little bit to do with your family to ruby and then send her back so does she know that she's pregnant i i think the white witch has everything i maybe it's because of her who knows? Maybe because I don't think. Uh, she, go ahead. Is Lenny even alive? For Thank real? <laughs> like, also, like, has this baby? She's been she's been having seven second rub ups with Tick. They haven't even really had sex. If we really like think about it. So, like, I'm concerned. Okay, last time there was birth, it was those weird cows that were giving birth to those alien things. And I just feel like that is not good for shadowing. Is Christina birth this baby? Oh, that's like American Horror Story Murder House levels of bad. I can't sit through that shit again. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know about Sorry, that. Sorry, guys. I have traumas about birth and horror films. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you're right, Trent, though, because I didn't even think about that. But yeah. that is right. Like, that's the first thing where you're like, damn, I guess you're in our family now, bitch. Yeah. I she saw says, it. I saw the fire start and I was like, no. And I won't. And then I had to with her next scene. I was like, damn it. Mm hmm So then we go to Montrose living his uh, his truth for once in his life. Half then, truth, because he's still being salty and mean to his partner. And his child. I mean, so well, I think he's still living his truth. He's just living it as an asshole, which That's I guess true. is like his truth, his truth is him being an asshole. <laughs> That's fair. But uh, um, that scene. Uh, yeah, I do like his partner though. He seems really. His sweet. partner is lovely. Right? Yeah. I would keep him. <laughs> <laughs> but the rest of them, I think it was just so exhausting to watch them. The Atticus and Montrose, like each projecting their own shit at each other mm -hmm. and then blaming gayness it's like yeah. you're both blaming gayness but the gayness is not the problem in general well and the one thing i want to add to that because i agree and it's and it's frustrating as a viewer for sure but like at least montrose's trauma is surrounding his queerness tix yeah. is not and take you're not perfect so don't sit here and judge your dad for being who he is. The one moment that I thought I loved is when Tick was thinking he was gonna get a one up on his dad and was like, did mom know? And Montrose says, yes. And then Tick didn't have nothing else to say and he ran away crying. Your mom wasn't a homophobe like you. But right. the thing that frustrates me about Atticus in general, but especially in this episode, is it's like, sir, you have legitimate beef with your dad. None of the beef that you have with your dad involves him being gay. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. He treated you like shit. He abandoned you. He beat your ass. Those are all real reasons to be mad, and rightfully so. And if you were still mad about that, you're the kid, so you get to be mad. But the minute you make it about homophobia, your argument yeah. loses all validity. Yeah. Just be mad that your dad beat the shit out of you. That's fine. I feel like Tick is just doing the greatest hits of Hoteps, and so. <laughs> He's got to say something problematic about everybody and everything before he is hopefully killed soon. And this could have been me being a little too sensitive, but it bothered me the next scene when he's talking to Letty about it. He's like, yeah, um, my dad used to beat my ass and then whoop my ass. And then I thought it was just about this, but it was really about, and he cuts himself off. And he just literally said ass like five times. Is he alluding to his dad wanting him? No. Oh, I hope not. But that would be his garbage, so maybe. That's it. Just kept, he kept saying like him doing things to his ass, like whooping his ass, beating his ass, spanking his ass, and I just wanted to be like, he abused you. Just say that. <laughs> People are look. I wrote in here. Y'all hoes don't need magic. You need therapy. 
Yes. And if that Team is the man. point Misha is trying to make, is like black people just go to fucking therapy. It's fine. <laughs> then I, fine. I support this then. If that's what this is about, she is right. Y'all need to go to therapy. Right? Right? You can't take on your generational trauma without therapy. Clearly. Homophobia hurts everybody. So right. stop being a homophobe. Right. Uh, but the one thing I do want to point out is that this kind of points to my theory of the relationship between uh, Uncle George, Tick's mom, and Montrose. Because if yep. Tick's mom knew, I still say Uncle George was in love with her, but he said, no, you go be with my brother because he needs that. Yep, I'm waiting for that payoff. Um, I'm thinking that's why we might not get Hippolyta back because she'd rather float off in space than find out that Tick... <laughs> Is her <laughs> son-in-law. We'll get there. I thought we were going to have that conversation today at a very pivotal moment. We had another conversation. I was glad that conversation was had, but for a minute, I was like, is it time? No, it's not. No, it didn't happen. It's coming. It is. Misha, don't let me down. <laughs> oh, but yes, Sheree, his cabinets are just like yours. He only has whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciated that because the partner said it like it was supposed to be a read, and I was like, oh, He's more human to me today. And then he started also, speaking. Also, like, I feel like maybe her, his partner is used to dating out gay men. Because mm -hmm. I feel like the out gay men, the out queer men that I know, own food. Yes. But <laughs> the cishet men that I know, or the ones who are presenting cishet, they don't have food. Like, you go to their house for a party. When a man invites me to a party now, I bring food. Like, I just assume that I'm going to be providing food. Yes. Because there will be a chip and six types of liquor. And it's like, no, I'm not 20. I need to eat. So I'm going to bring a plate of chicken fingers, men. And I feel like this is man is like, what is this? <laughs> like, this are you living? And it's like, yes, welcome. Welcome, <laughs> men. So yeah, um, I, I like his partner. I would like his partner to be in all the episodes. Yes, with a better partner than Montrose. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> so that's not going to happen. So, and then afterwards, after that, we go to, where do we go after that? Oh, this is when they, this is when Letty and Tick try to get Hippolyta's car. And she's like, I have places to go. Oh, because... Queen Letty, before, because Tick just runs off being fucking emotional in the last episode, or last scene, not episode. Um, and Letty's like, let me sit here and like give Montrose a little bit of emotional empathy and, uh, and ask the question we came here to ask. And she finds out how Montrose found out about his family. So yes, and then we go to them trying to get the car from Hippolyta once again. Why your old car? You're adult. When he had the nerve to lean into her window to be like, well, what we got to do is important. When she and was I'm clearly like, leaving. She passed the trip. Men always think, I'm sorry, this is going to be roast men day, I guess. Men always feel like you cannot possibly be doing your own thing. It's like when men hit on you at a stoplight. Yeah. Like you're in the car. Obviously also in the car going somewhere. And they're like, I literally had a man roll down the window and yell at me and my friend, follow us. And we were like, wow. we're obviously going somewhere too. So, like, <laughs> I just don't get what men think. Like, do you think women just get into cars and then wait for a man to show up and be like, this is what you should be doing? <laughs> like, I know Hippolyta doesn't get out a lot, but she's in the car. Yes. <laughs> You can't have it. I, he's trash. Um, he's just I love trash. how Letty was like, Letty was in the back like, oh, hmm. <laughs> like, got her husband killed and we've almost destroyed her car only when saved by white magic. And then we left her in Boston and walked home. We need to leave her in her car. Like, like, I'm shutting my mouth. I have family business to attend to. You deal right. with that. I'm She's like, I did not come here for Hippolyta to like knock me into maybe last year. Cause I don't know what time they're in. Maybe <laughs> today, maybe last weekend. I don't well, know what when it is. With what's about to happen to Hippolyta, it may be another planet. So who knows? Literally. 
I have so many questions. <laughs> right. So she's like, oh, y'all, yeah. I'm out. I'm out of here. You ain't taking my car. It's my car. Goodbye. And so they're like, well, yes, we're going to take the bus. Uh, but before this, we also found out that Ruby is babysitting D while Hippolyta goes on her trip, which she says is a scouting trip, but it's really not. Mm, uh, so not. But, I mean, I guess it kind of is, but also it's not. She's like, scouting the universe. We're scouting. Yeah, but we're not <laughs> scouting. You don't, I'm not scouting what you think I'm scouting. Yeah. But I am going on an adventure. <laughs> so, yeah. And then they say, well, we've got to take the bus then. And Tick's like, well, do you want to come with me or do you want to stay and talk to your sister? So Letty does the correct thing and stays to mend fences with her sister. Because they ain't going. Well, Tick ain't going nowhere. Who are we going to get? Who are we going to get this better than you? Nobody. You Especially do with your sister, Kurt. Right, especially when he finds out she's pregnant. Oh, can you imagine? Daddy issues everywhere. Yeah, but like, also, I I don't understand how Ruby and Letty have not spoken since episode three, because I feel like nine years have happened since then. Yeah, but unfortunately, it's probably only been one hour. Because <laughs> for a minute, I was like, "Damn!" And then I was like, "Wait, who knows?" Ruby was possessing somebody's body. Letty was dead for a while. Like, who knows how long it's been? Like, yeah. they've been through it. And before this, Ruby tells uh, Hippolyta, she's like, thank you for letting me do this because I needed to get out of my previous living situation, which was with Christina slash William. She can't catch a break since so she moved into that first house with Letty. It's been awful. It's right. been awful. Girl, go, I, I don't know, free Ruby. <laughs> she this, needs, is, this is probably the best place for her to be. Let's be real. Right? For real. Right. <laughs> Stay in the house, D. Mind your business. Leave your sunglasses on inside the house so everybody knows you don't want to talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> that was my fucking favorite. She came in that house like. <laughs> <laughs> so much side like, eye. She looked like uh, black dudes in Atlanta in the club. They wear their sunglasses in the club. And I'm like, bitch, it's dark in here. <laughs> I feel like that's how Ruby was like. She's like, you can't see my eyes, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get, is it Ruby and Letty first? I'm trying to figure, read the notes here. We go to because we just talked about Ruby and Letty. So we go to Hippolyta, Hippolyta and she's driving and sees another black woman on the road on a little bitty bike and they acknowledge each other. And that's the spinoff I want. I want to watch that show. I love that, but I'm scared that that was Christina who is already <laughs> body morphed oh, into no. somebody else. It was the scarf. The scarf felt weird to me. <laughs> Uh, I feel like this episode, I feel like Hippolyta's story is what the movie Green Book should have been. Except <laughs> also Mahershala Ali should still be in it. <laughs> like, yes. Fuck everything else. He like, just needs to play both is, roles. Yes. Like, this is what I just wanted to watch. I did not want to watch whatever actually happened. Um, right. And then the weird scary music started, the, the weird the music was happening mm -hmm. and I was like oh I can't do this again like we've been on a good run I don't want to go to racist town again because <laughs> wouldn't she go into like Kansas or somewhere it looks, it looks <laughs> it looks southern that's all I know it looked a little scary like I was just like this does not this looks a little too southern fried and my good sis Hippolyta I want her to be safe right I guess scary Christina potentially could have been body snatching her way to having her back if there are racists around. That's right. Because, well, Christina wants what's in this orrery, which, okay, so we kind of skipped this earlier. We might have hit on it. But so she got it to open, and inside of the little top ball was a key and uh, a longitude and latitude point on a map. And so that's where she's going which turns out to be a big old, what are they called? Telescope things? Is there a word for oh. the buildings? <laughs> uh, observatory. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I just like 
thought of it and then I needed to yell. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, that's where she goes to. Huh. And then, is that when math happens? Is that more math. Happens? More, more math. math. Yeah. This is this is when she started doing those because okay so you know those uh, it happens in a bunch of different shows but when they're dealing with people with autism and they're showing like how smart they are like a beautiful mind which is an autism yeah. but anyway something else um, and it's like they're gonna holograms of the numbers that she's thinking of <laughs> that's what I'm like happening. this means shit to me like it's like they put on subtitles but they were in another language <laughs> like, that, I'm like I don't know what those I can't algebra okay. Um, um, I guess thanks for letting me know she's doing math. That's all I got. Keep them skills sharp. You never know. Listeners, listeners, if we have any mathematicians out there that could tell us what she was doing, please let us know. Because we don't know. I mean, ultimately, she was trying to get the machine to work. Ultimately. And she was yep. successful. Maybe not and as much I as she wanted to I got that storytelling. So thank you, Misha, for knowing that we don't know what the fuck math is. But if you do know what math is, please let me know if like those are real equations or if they were just like writing stuff up there. Because like, they know we don't know. So we cut back to Ruby and Letty. And then now Dee has other friends over, some of the kids we saw from the party. And they ask about when one of them is coming back, and I couldn't catch the name. Was that the one we think is Emma Teal that they asked when he's coming back? Yeah. It wasn't. The answer is he's not. And I've heard I've heard rumors that that storyline is going to be utilized more in the show. I don't know if that's true or oh. not, but yeah. I don't know if I can handle that. We'll see. Unless it's like a, a mentioning that this happened. That's That's... Okay, but like, if we gotta watch it, I don't watch know. It, Misha. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I think I think Misha, Misha please, knows. Misha, if you're in the chat, please <laughs> let us know if I'm gonna have to watch Emmett Till die before my eyes because I just need to be ready. I won't do that right now. Not this. I don't year. think I can do that. But if I knew in advance, I would give it a try. Yeah. I might have to cut it off. If it, if it happens, I will send you the timestamps of when it starts okay, and when it ends. <laughs> we just need to have Trent on the lookout. <laughs> but yeah, um, that was really sweet and also sad. Mm. Oh, and then they were roasting Atticus. That was funny. I was here for Ruby. I wrote down exact quotes. Because of course, ladies like, let's be sisters again. And Ruby like, I'm salty because I'm rather give you the money, bitch. And she gets on to, is your boyfriend paying rent yet? Atticus seems to be the only man on the South Side without a job. And I left my body, gentle <laughs> listeners. Right. She, clearly, she clearly has not met Montrose, because he ain't got no job either. No, he's a hotel. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's homophobic. He don't got a job. <laughs> he's always reading some book, but not contributing to the conversation in any meaningful <laughs> way. Uncle George was the only one in that damn family that had a job. Right? Of course. Is that the moral of the story? Don't get a job. <laughs> I don't know. I miss George and his job and his not being a misogynist. Right? He's such a high bar for the men in his family. <laughs> um, but while we're in this kitchen, like Letty's being weird about smells and tastes because garlic's too much for her now, but it was her favorite. And Ruby's like, you better not be pregnant or whatever the hell she says. Jeez. And I'm like, but we was trying to not speak that into the universe just because she like gave us them earlier. Don't mean. Ruby has had it. And she's just speaking the truth now. She's like, girl, look, you're my sister. You need to hear this. I fell in love with a man and found out he was a white witch. And now I just, I don't give a fuck about the conventions of society anymore. I think I'm bisexual now, I guess. <laughs> I'm in a committed relationship with a woman who sometimes who is also a man. man. And also she kills people. We kill people together sometimes. It's all thing. Right. And so I just feel like Ruby's like, fuck your stupid ass problems. Tell <laughs> She's like, I got the real ones. I got the real Then Letty did that thing that women in movies do when they're pregnant, where they're like, I gotta go throw up. Oh. So then we go to Tick, 
who is eating uh, dinner with his aunt's friend. So not his aunt anymore, because she apparently died, but his aunt's friend. And she's, he's not getting much information. It seems to be a wasted trip until she's like, oh, you, have you ever met your aunt? Let me show you a picture. She runs off and goes to get this picture book or photo album, not a picture book. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, Why does it Missouri? Because he's in St. Louis. Right. That's still not great news. No, it's not better, but like... It's better right. than... I guess it's slightly better than Kansas. There are parts of Missouri that are fine, I guess. I grew up there. We were both there for five years. <laughs> I just feel like it's not great, especially yeah. in whatever time period. I mean, really, is. anywhere past the Mason-Dixon line. Right. You got, you don't have some issues. You at least need to vet it first. And we can't do that because we don't have the internet. No, I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri. And then I went to Warrensburg, Missouri, where I found out parts of Missouri could be worse. And then I left that and I've yet to go back to Missouri. I never went back after I escaped after undergrad. You were in Texas. So that's like... I, I am still not sure which is worse sometimes. Um... <laughs> In my nightmares, they alternate sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us are it's in like different. antebellum, or so you just wake up and it's still bad. Like, right? <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yes. Yeah, so she he gets the the photo album and he's looking at this picture of the baby, and he notices a birthmark on the baby, which he has on his back. The same place the baby has it. I'm wondering if this will not be the first time he's died when we finally kill him. And it makes me sad because I want him to be dead dead, this character. Not like gonna be... Really... <laughs> Is anyone really dead on this show though? That's the Uncle George, which, well, I mean, I don't know anymore. No one right. knows! <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> in his basement. I feel like if we're going to do like an antebellum-esque twist at the, the end, we're all going to have been in Christina's basement this whole fucking time. <laughs> it's going to be so angry. <laughs> that's really close to like, I feel like that's close to Lost. The twist mm -hmm. from Lost. <laughs> anyway, let's not get into that because that's a whole other podcast. That's um, the podcast. <laughs> um... So, yes, then we go back to Hippolyta. No, wait, 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 wait. Because the phone rings and the, and the aunt's friend has to go get the phone. And it's Letty for Tick because Letty has figured out that Hippolyta has had the orrery uh, the whole time and knows where she's headed. Then we go back to Hippolyta at the TARDIS. <laughs> yes. Um, she's down there, beep, boop, 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 and I'm just like, this is like a TARDIS. This is the original TARDIS. Are we gonna get like more time with our black doctor, which we've only seen once? And then all of a sudden, the police show up. So I'm like, oh no, white man, there's gonna be some racism. And then there's some racism. Um, <laughs> because like, these are our patterns. <laughs> and so they're like, what are you doing down here? Who are you? Who told you to like open doors and like push buttons? And like they are about to get very awful when all of a sudden we hear like a kerfuffle upstairs and then somebody runs down and leaps over the railing and it's Tick here to attempt to save the day. Did he fly there? How did he get there? How did he get there? They, they were not together. Did he find a tunnel that took him from uh, uh, Boston to Chicago that now takes him to wherever he is to wherever she is in 2.5? So I guess he can I guess he can teleport or something. I don't know what Mayfield, Missouri is because I don't Missouri anymore, but I can I, I'm sure it's not so close to St. Louis to where he can make it there on the bus and still be there to leap over that railing to save her. Also, even if something is close by when you go on the bus it takes a long time. Like, yeah. buses, by function, go everywhere and eventually where you're trying to go. Like, I went to the Greyhound once, and it was like, I know you're go starting in South Carolina and you're going to New York, but we're going to get a quick detour and go to Alabama or wherever. <laughs> and then maybe 
we'll hit up Chicago. And I'm like, where are we going? Where is the bus going? And sometimes they break down, like what happened to Sheree? Sometimes. Which one? I've been on so many that have broken down. I've been on so many that were like, we're not going to go the full route anymore. Get out of here in this weird, creepy, racist town. I... That's another whole podcast. That might be our Halloween episode. It's Greyhound Mistakes. Huh? <laughs> I'm down. I can't deal. I don't understand the so, whole... I just, anyway, it takes year, I guess. Yeah, it's he not appeared. really helpful. He appeared. And he's beating up these cop men. And uh, uh, Hippolyta pulls a gun, or gets a gun, and ends up shooting a police officer. I was really hoping she's really going to fight these cops. Like, like that's what we're going to do. Like, I don't even come out here to fight cops now. Like, it's nice. I mean, I'm not a fan, obviously, but, like, if cops show up where the fuck I'm at, I'm just going to be like, okay, please leave me alone, sir. I don't want to deal with you. And so I just don't understand you two buck-wild-ass, 1950s-ass bitches fighting these cops. Like, that's not going to get you killed in the street. And then she killed one of them, and I was like, oh, no. I think I wrote, this is a, this is the dark Selma and Louise timeline. <laughs> so, uh, we can't shoot cops. 1950-whatever, maybe. <laughs> I was really hoping she would shoot Tick. On accident, even. Just oh, my God. It would have been nice to not have to, like have him around anymore because he showed didn't tell her who he was when he came barreling up in this room like who mm-hmm. are you i'm fighting cops right now <laughs> i have a gun in my hand i feel like if they killed tick that would be kind of nice in like a ned stark way of like okay you moved the plot forward you made a lot of bad decisions mm-hmm. now you can go i don't think that's what's gonna happen but if she had shot him dead i think that would have been better for everyone than her shooting this cop, which is not going to end well for anyone. Well, no. we'll, get to, we'll get to that in a little bit because its show is not. Um, <laughs> but somehow in this kerfuffle, um, the machine opens up some portal that's like, maybe it's an island, maybe it's snow, maybe it's a mountain, maybe it's a volcano. You never know what you're going to get. And somehow they think it's safe to just stand right in front of that because, you know, that seems good. And so Hippolyta gets sucked up in there, and then Tick goes running off after her. He's like, where the fuck are you going? <laughs> For me, it's like, the decision making in the, the minute and a half from when those cops bust in to when Tick's like, cool, you disappeared into the ether. Maybe I will come along. Like, all of the decisions made by all parties were bad decisions. Yes. 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 And so Hippolyta is stuck and she's floating around in something and she falls and she lands on something, a planet of some kind. So so first of all, this was fucking visually stunning. All of the camera work from now to the end of this episode was beautiful. But I was just like, what are we? in space because like we've already traveled through time that's happened a lot i'm used to that people die then they're not dead also used to that that's fine but i was like are we going to for at least 10 seconds i was like oh fuck this because i was like are we going to space (laughs) can we handle space we might already be there i don't know demons and and cows giving birth to demons and cannibalism and and possession and racism <laughs> i can't handle aliens misha so for at least 50 seconds i apologize misha i have repented of my sins but for a little bit i was not here for this because i was just like what but then it it's got wild. amazing yes so um she's there and like in the distance is this big building ship looking thing who knows what that is um and then she starts calling you her tick. You can't see me. I'm just making a lot of helpless, what the fuck, <laughs> arms. <laughs> you can't see me. So I figured I'd tell you. Sorry, Trent. You're good. Um, and so she's calling for Tick. No answer, of course. Uh, if he was there, he's probably not going to answer because he's trash. But anyway, um, I don't think he's there. So some like robot things show up and knock her out. And she wakes up 
in this white room and she's got weird purple things on her wrist. It, it was also very Doctor Who references, the episode where Amy Pond was put into the white space aging rapidly. Yes. It also was very, um, um what was I going to say? Like, it reminded me, um, I was just concerned because when black people wake up, <laughs> oh. That's just never great for me. And I was confused. I've been watching a lot of the Twilight Zone, so I was just confused as to like, what are these aliens want? Like, which is, I guess, my like American skepticism, right? It's like this person must be fucking with me. But I was just like, what is happening? Like, where are her clothes? Right? She was buck ass naked, and then all of a sudden she had the outfit, and then we basically had some Steven in the Universe energy. I. I couldn't tell who the actress was. I know I. She looks familiar. She sounds familiar. She reminded me of oh god, what's her name? I love her, whoever she is. And you're right. She definitely looked very much like Garnet from Steven Universe. Yes. Like it was very. And I'm always a fan of otherworldly beings. However, I was just I was very comforted that this was a black person or looked like a black person. Are they persons? I don't know. She, she but, reminded me of Grace Jones because Grace Jones yes. totally wore that outfit. <laughs> and I hear yes. And that yes. big. What if it was Grace Jones? No, I'm just kidding. What if it was? <laughs> She's doing the stuff again. Um, he aged her because they can. Um, so, yeah, so they meet her, and Hippolyta is still clearly freaking out because she's like, What is this on my wrists? And she's like, How can I let me out of here? And the woman, and the Alien is like, you're not, this is not a prison. And then shuts the door on her. And I'm like, it's not a prison, let me out. Very strange. So she goes to work on cracking these puzzles and figuring her shit out, because she can, because she did not go to school in America, I guess. She understands math at all. And so like, she figures out some shit and then pieces of the room start to float away from her, which she does. <laughs> this whole section, I was like, I don't know what's going on. I'm just, I'm just here for the ride. I was just, I think, still tense because I kept worrying that it was going to be And so for a while, I was like, what's happening? <laughs> Why are things floating in the air? That's right? never a good sign. Mm -mm. And so, like, things are floating away. Shit gets real. And for lack of, because we don't know the name, we're going to call this person Garnet, this alien person with the outfit and the hair. Right. Um, right. Comes back and like Hippolyta's like, uh, I'm in distress. <laughs> and Garnet's like, well, what do you want? And it goes back and forth for a minute. And then she's like, what do you want? After like Hippolyta's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And she's like, I want to be on stage with Josephine Baker. And then she's on stage she with Josephine Baker. Not what I thought was gonna happen. I was like, is this a musical again? Right? <laughs> what? Was, instead, it is early 20s. I'm gonna say 20s, I'm yeah. probably wrong. 20s. Uh, sex workers. And I'm here for it in France. In France. <laughs> I also like to like they very they did a good job of directly setting up the convention that like this is not a dream sequence by having like these French hoes calling her out for yeah. not knowing the steps because I feel like for a minute I was like is this a they've done so many dreams it was nice to like have people comment on the fact like you don't really belong here I feel like and like having it be separate from being in a dream or something right. that she created yeah. the moment the moment where they take their tops off and all the titties were out and she was like what what uh, uh what's going on <laughs> that was so funny to me <laughs> I was I, like what did you I expect just, <laughs> I just love that we got to go back and see like part of a stage Josephine Baker show because that was the epitome of black joy in the media if that's all there was and it also made me realize we don't get our Black fam music this episode. So I wonder if perhaps because we didn't get Lakaley 47 or like <laughs> Tierra Whack, it was like, here's Justine Baker, boom. Um, yeah. Because in the car, she's listening to a French woman. Yeah. Which makes sense now because she loves France. Yes. And Josephine Baker ran to France. 
Because also just like Anjanae Ellis is such a good actor. Mm-hmm. I would watch her do anything. I also like that the Josephine Baker stuff was like very, very specifically not straight because I feel like for a minute I was like Lovecraft Country, what the fuck are you gonna do? I know Josephine Baker wasn't straight, Lovecraft Country. Mm-hmm. Y'all haven't been great on the queer stuff. And it felt like, sorry about earlier, here's some gays. Right. Or have Josephine Baker making out with Frida Kahlo on a couch. Enjoy. (laughs) Actually, do when you're in a show together. I mean. (laughs) So, yes, she continues to live in this historical world, living her best life, titties out, um, and is just having a ball. Learn the dances. Is friends with Josephine? It was mm-hmm. a really fun, like, montage style we haven't seen on the show before, too. It was fun that, like, each each little vignette, each little sub-vignette had its own style. Like, the way that they edited the montages were different. And this one was very much music video. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to show the passage of time. She's going to get better at the dances every time we watch her do them. Like, I thought that was a really cute homage to that style. Yeah. So she finally realizes she has to, like, accept who she is and own her identity, I guess. She gives the best damn monologue. I won't even butcher it by trying to recite any of it. Everything she says to Josephine Baker. Everything she says to Josephine Baker. I wrote down two quotes. One was, she said, nights like these, I feel so bright, I shine like a star, which was so beautiful. I thought I was going to die. And then later when she was talking about, like, the idea of, like, the white gaze on her, and she was talking about, I feel like they just found another way to lynch me. And I was like, oh. Yeah, she has some great, this whole, like, not only just this one, but a later uh, area too. She has some phenomenal lines that she performs the hell out of. This monologue specifically, I just, everybody needs to just like find that moment and just like listen. I, I wish we had time to go back, but we're filming, recording this one right after watching because schedules, um, which is good because it's fresh. Oh, um, but I, I'm just going to go back and listen to that one again tonight. I hope you put it on the soundtrack. Um, whereas the one in the next phase of whatever she's doing is more like centered on being a woman. This one is being centered on being a black woman specifically. Specifically. Yes. Which is just a, it, it showed, I feel like this episode was why a show like this needed to have a black female showrunner. Because I feel like this someone else wouldn't know to tell this story like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, she goes from this to the like tribal, all women tribal uh, fighting scene. And this was like Hippolyta's yes. like, I'm going to be a badass now. Okay, bye. Because she's talking about how angry she is about this like male gaze thing. And then Josephine's like, what you going to do with all that anger? And then mm. she goes like, wherever. And there's this convention where she goes into the brain synapses or whatever, but also space. And so it shows her like transitioning to something new. And it was so cool. So she kicks some ass here. And then, yeah, so the, all the women have to, like, fight. She she essentially beats the leader, not leader, but the war person, like the head fighter, I don't know, of Captain. this tribe. The what? Captain. Sure, we'll go with that. Yeah. Um, and she goes to get uh, anointed or crowned or whatever by the queen of this tribe. My favorite thing, though, was that even though this is, like, a female, completely female tribe, she still like had them help her up. Like she was just the most regal person. She was like, bitch, I am not getting up without some help. You gonna help me. <laughs> I love they it. Just, they're, the people they're fighting appear to be Confederate soldiers. Yes, gladiators of femmes up against Confederate soldiers. It's a, it's a choice. They were chopping those men the fuck up. 
Like mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I didn't know what when we were where, but I had a good time. She yes. had this kick-ass speech where she was getting them all hyped up to go kick some more ass about the rage. And I was like, I want to tie this one. I want this one in her last monologue in a book, and that's just the only two pages. Yes. And that's the that's the tweet, that's the book, that's the mood. And it's for me. I also liked the emotional journey, right? Because like the first one, she was like all chill and sexy, but then when she finally did transition, it was like in an explosion because she was angry. And then this one, she fought and fought and fought. And then she was like, but you know, I feel secure. I feel safe. And she like kind of resigned herself and then went back to the next vignette, which we'll talk about. But it was interesting to see like the emotional journey. I wonder if they're having, if they're trying to talk about stages of grief. Yeah. Because we went from like anger to like sadness, and then we'll get to the next part. But yeah, yeah. interesting. So yeah, but the, so they slice and dice these Confederate soldiers, um, which was very um, gratifying to watch. Particularly because I watched Antebellum this morning and it was awful. You were owed this. <laughs> I feel like Misha was like here. <laughs> okay, sis, have this. So then we move to a vignette with Uncle George. He's back in this dream otherworldly situation. I wish he was back forever. Me too. Particularly because he's like the only Buffy man on the show who can, who wants to like grow and change. Like, because mm-hmm. I liked how we, like, we see her, how we first met her. But she's like, no, I'm going to have a conversation with you about how I really feel. And he was like, oh shit, I didn't know that. Instead of like being a dick, he was like, you know, you're right. <laughs> I <laughs> did kind of suck. I'll be better. And I was like, oh shit. This is what I thought they were going to be talking about, all the Atticus shit, but that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really liked this scene. I thought the dialogue and the uh, moments with her felt very vulnerable and um just really nice and to see how supported she was by him and yeah i liked it it didn't make yeah. me sad that we lost him so early and it was nice that he was vulnerable she was vulnerable but still strong mm-hmm. i i thought it was fun to see like all of these different ways that she can be empowered like she can be empowered by dancing and taking off her clothes and living free she can be empowered by chopping hoes up and she can be empowered by like being really honest with someone she cares about a lot and like being okay with the fact that he might not take it that great like right. i like that there were multifaceted kinds of strength Especially because what she was telling him was very like, this is your fault. Like, you did this. It wasn't like, this is done to me by the world. She said, no, you have helped shrink me. So it was, yeah. And that he, and that she was confident. Like, I feel like she had to go through all that other stuff. It was kind of also a sweet thing about like how sometimes that's the most scary stuff is like, not chopping these hoes up. It's like telling this man that you love, like, um, you fucked up. Like, that's scary. I liked that that was her, like, final boss battle. It was, like, being vulnerable with people you care about. <laughs> yeah. This is all just Misha telling us to go to therapy. It is. The <laughs> it is. So, yeah, and I liked at the end of that sequence, her like, because each time she has a lot, she says, I am Hippolyta, or Hippolyta, I am Hippolyta. And that takes her to the next vignette. But this time she says, like, I am Hippo- I'm Hippolyta, a, dis- a adventurer or a discoverer. A discoverer. Or, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. And they go to space. Yeah. She takes her dead husband to space with her, y'all. And she's got this wig and this makeup, and they got the like futuristic Jetsons. <laughs> if they had that say money, they're, <laughs> they're, they're performing the comics that D made for them. Mm-hmm. They're the characters from her comics, which I love. I love that. It was so sweet. It's also like a fun again HBO and these comics about intergenerational trauma of black people because I think it's kind of fun as a counterpoint to on Watchmen when Angela Abar 
takes on the sister knight from her childhood as her superhero persona like this idea of like i am going to like the fact that comic books can be so empowering is really mm-hmm. lovely and fun also i loved those aliens that they made friends with they were so cute they were cute they look like the aliens from toy story but they got jobs aliens. <laughs> <laughs> like hey guys uh, so she tells garnet that she she's like so can i like go home and she's like, but if I go home, I'm too big to fit into who I was. But if I stay here, Dee's going to miss me. And Garnet's like, you can do whatever you want. And she says something, I forgot what it was, and floats off. And then the wall closes up where Tick is. And I'm like, oh, shit. I guess she either made a choice or they didn't want to make a choice after all. I can't tell if it's that auntie is not back <laughs> like i don't know if it's that she's not back or if that's like she's somehow in the comic and she can like come out of it like i'm just concerned as to like where did she go if she's not here what if d brings her mother and father back through her comics oh my god misha if that happens i will be that'll be enough when you make the musical version of lovecraft country i would like to volunteer to play all the characters um yeah i was just confused because dick tick is freaking out i also can't tell if the machine was already fucked up or if he started fucking up the machine to try to fix it I feel like all the violence and shooting at the machine, the machine was like, no, fuck this shit. And was rightfully shutting it down. And, and then he kept hitting it. And I was like, this is not one of those things. He doesn't understand how violence doesn't fix everything. He's like, this wall just like bounced me away from my aunt who went through the wall. Let me go punch the machine. That might be your only way to get back into this shit. I'm just like, this is the opposite of the, also you, there's a dead white cop here. And I feel like it took him like, 16 more seconds to recognize that there were sirens than not me. As soon as those sirens started, I was like, my boy, <laughs> you can't be here right now. Letty would have never stayed as long. Letty no. would have been like, the the sirens were gone. God, when I was in middle school, I was at some terrible party that I thought was at this white girl's house, but then like some man busted in, I guess she was like pet sitting or something and like had a party at his house. And like, I was under a car down the street by the time that man got two words out. Like, he busted and I was like, what? I was under a car. And my <laughs> friends came out like 30 minutes later, like, where'd you go? I was like, I wasn't gonna wait for that man to finish his sentence. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I found about Atticus. He's just like chilling with a dead cop and a huge machine. And I'm like, you need to leave. Right. Mm-hmm. We so, all know you ain't got the sense of self-preservation the good Lord gave you, but... <laughs> So, but I'm very worried because at the end of this, the last thing this episode shows is Dee's comic next to this dead cop. Under the dead white cop. Under the dead cop. I don't want these cops to come visit my good sis Dee. She's minding her own business. Right? She's the last of her family because Tickna got both her parents killed and snatched. Magical times because the man can't chill for five minutes. Right. Gotta bust up in here. I just feel like someone needs to communicate with Tick. Maybe it's gotta be Letty because I guess she's having this fuck ass baby now. I don't want it. I need her to be like Atticus. Running into situations without taking any sort of time to assess them not only is unhelpful, but in fact literally gets people killed. Maybe we could stop. (laughs) <laughs> just running into the like I feel like he doesn't even like wait to listen like he's just like Kool-Aid man style <laughs> just, like, <laughs> in. just like this is not a commercial Atticus you are in a scary television show <laughs> <laughs> alright well that is the end of this episode of Lovecraft Country Jesus Christ Whew, three more three more to it go it was surprisingly shockingly uplifting so I'm sure next week 
I'm oh, going to yeah. have to watch like a cat be murdered or something terrible. True. At least. At well, least. speaking of next week, Sheree, who, what, what do we got going on next week? Next week, our guest is Crystal Marie Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> it's Crystal. It's <laughs> me again. <laughs> These hoes are going to be so annoyed with me. <laughs> like, who is this bitch? Why does she reference every other piece of media ever made every time you talk? But it's going to be fun. I'm probably going to be sad because I'm sure some fucked up shit. Like, that was too delightful. It was. The creepiest thing that happened was Christina was like, P.S., I'm a shapeshifter. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's a little weird, but whatever. So like, yeah. I'm sure, don't worry, there will be carnage and violence and I will be horrified. Yes. I'm worried about D next week because this was too pleasant for us to not do something. So it might be D or it might be this Emmett Till mm. thing they're trying to like make their way back to. I just I, way, I don't want that. Because we were so, like there was a musical and we went to space and we time traveled. Like I feel like I've noticed a pattern where we have heavy, it goes like real life racism forward and like weird supernatural shit forward. Like it seems to yo-yo back and forth. This episode was high key supernatural, but we also did shoot a white cop. So I feel like the combination of those two things mean next week's episode is going to be peak racist white person fuckery. <laughs> oh, maybe well, that's the one that Christina shows her true colors. We'll what see. are they? What are those true colors? We'll Sheree? find out. Raspberry we don't even know if the skin she's got on is the thing. Like, <laughs> who knows? She could be like, surprise, bitches, I'm a snake. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no. I, I keep waiting for her to pull her skin off and be like two kids on a phone book. <laughs> just <Yeah>. like. <laughs> like, I feel like she is just, I, again, I'm gonna call it. I don't know why, but every time, it reminds me of, again, I'm sorry, I'm always referencing Watchmen, I don't care. It was like when we were doing that whole weird Osmandias arc, and like, it took like seven weeks for it to get together, and like, there were these weird clones, and I was like, what's happening? This feels fake, and then we figured it out. This feels like that, where I'm like, why does her the blood look like Why? Do we not understand this person's motives at all? And why is her lace front so janky? And right. I feel like someday Misha Green is going to be like, surprise, bitch, that part was all a play. But we're not there yet. So I guess we'll see next week. All right. I, I half expect Christina to at one point change again and be Misha Green. And that's why like, the wig and the makeup were never right, because she's busy running her own show. Tyler Perry style. Like, right? Yeah. No, if it was Tyler Perry and it would then Misha's wig would be laid and everybody else's would look bad. Bernie <laughs> like, <laughs> Smollett's wig would look bad. And we'd be like, well, this character, we've only seen her five times. Why is her wig so great? <laughs> oh, it was Misha the whole time. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you all next week. Make sure you follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and rate and review us on iTunes. And yeah, thanks you all. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you, Crystal, for being here this week and joining us again next week. I'm so excited. Please, math people, tell us what the fuck those equations were. I'm yes. Please, yes, yes, love it. All right. <laughs> Stay fierce, everyone. Bye.